guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, children's children to the third and fourth generation. Brethren, that's what the name Jehovah means. That is the God whom David is calling upon. And all of the things that he's going to say and hope in this psalm are contingent upon that. Jehovah is that God, and he is a living God, and he is my God. I this may go without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. From all of us, from the oldest to the youngest, do you acknowledge, not just with your lips, would you say with my life that I, I live in a way that says, yes, the Lord God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Jehovah, he is my God and he is a living God. Do, you, do we live as if he wasn't a present reality in our lives? You go Monday through Saturday, it's like this was great on Sunday, but when I go tomorrow, do you live in a way that says, no, he is a living God, he is my God, he is with me, and I'm going to live my life in a way that shows that he is a living God and that I trust him. That's the essence of this. The Lord liveth, verse 46. The Lord lives. And he is able and willing to impart his life, his strength to his people because he is not a dead, helpless idol. He is a living God. Brethren, secondly, look also at his characteristics. That's his name. Look what just David says here about him real quick. I'll be, but it's just, he, says, he says he's my strength, right? The Lord is my strength. Yahweh, our God alone, is the source of our strength and our success in the good fight of faith. Right? 2 Timothy 4 says, Paul says, I have fought the good fight of faith. There is therefore laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord will give to me and not to me only, but to all who have loved his appearing. Right? Jesus, the, the, the living God, through Jesus Christ and the Spirit, is our strength. Jesus says we abide in him and he in us. We will have his strength. We will have the Spirit of the Lord in us. We will bear good fruit. We will have strength we need to overcome sin and to walk in righteousness. The living God is all of our life. He is all of our grace. He is the strength and the power behind all of our works, our hopes, our victory and conflict. Brethren, this is what it means to have a living God, right? He is our strength. For you who are weak, you who find yourself struggling, feeling the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak, say, but I believe and I trust in Yahweh and he's a rock and he's my strength. He is my power. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Believe it. Lean hard onto him. He says here he's his rock, his fortress, his deliverer. I love, it's interesting here the way this works in the Hebrew. Uh, this in, here in, in the first mention of rock here in verse 2 speaks of, it's two different words in Hebrew, but it says the, the idea here is that Yahweh is a rock of concealment. Right, A hidden and secure fortress where we run for protection, kind of like a cave or a crag in the side of a mountain. And, you know, Judea was full of these, right? When David's running from Saul all those years, we see several instances where David and his men hide out in caves. Or, you know, the, the, um, I was reading this week about Augustus Tuflity, who wrote the hymn Rock of Ages. Now, whether it's true or not, there's some debate about this, but there actually is this massive stone uh, outcropping uh, there in England near where he lived and it was reported that on the way home at one point from being away he was on the way home and there was this massive thunderstorm came up just severe and fierce and he actually ran and dove under this outcropping and took shelter from a literal storm 
and that came to be known as the Rock of Ages. Brethren, that's a, that's a vivid picture for us, but that's the idea. He is my cover. When the storms come, when the arrows start flying, he's my fortress. I run to him. Psalm, Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to the name of the Lord. They run to Jehovah, and they are saved. They are delivered from the enemy. They are delivered from wrath. Brethren, that's the idea here. He is that rock that conceals. He is my secure fortress. We're going to close in a minute. We're going to sing as our hymn of response, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. A bulwark that doesn't fail. The righteous run into it or saved. That's what David is saying. The Lord covers me there with the pinions of his wings and the shadow of his wings, and I am secure from the tongues and the turmoil, the arrows of the wicked and unbelieving men who hate the Lord and who hate his people, hate his righteousness. He speaks here again as of Yahweh, he says, is my deliverer, right? He is deliverer. He aids me in my hour of peril. He is my help in every way. He is the one that, uh, that comes and actively brings me and plucks me out from the mire. He is the one who delivers me from suffering and death or through suffering and death. I remind you, you know, uh, Paul says, you think, well, Paul, you know, Paul, for the sake of Christ, tells us that eventually he was martyred, right? Peter was martyred. And we say, well, did the Lord help them? You remember what Paul says at the end of his life in 2 Timothy 4? I just read to you a minute ago, I finished my race, I run my course. Paul's running his, running his last race. He knows he's, he's come to the end of his course set before him, and he's getting ready to be with the Lord. He's going to be a martyr. But he says in verse 18 of 2 Timothy 4, I love these words. He says, The Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. Here's what that means. I know that I am invincible <laughs> until the Lord has finished his last thing with me. So brothers and sisters, I can't promise you, I'm not going to tell you this, that the Lord will always, always deliver every one of us from actual death or suffering. The fact is, if you follow Jesus, you're going to encounter plenty of suffering. You may die in the cause of fighting for Christ. But brethren, I remind you, the Lord will deliver you from all enemies of his and yours until his time for you has come. And even in your death, if it goes that way, he will turn your death into something which glorifies him and testifies of the goodness and greatness of God. Even the death, told in Psalms, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Every one of your hairs are numbered, brethren. If the Lord watches over the birds of the field and the air, will he not much more take care of you and watch over you? He will. Every breath that the Lord has allotted for you will be there. He will deliver you again and again and again until it's, he says, now it's time for you to come home in glory and your work here is done. And then he will deliver you to himself into his arms underneath those everlasting arms. I take great comfort from that. I do. I take great comfort in knowing, as Paul can say in Romans 8, 31, if God before us, who can be against us, right? He who spared not his only son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not therefore with him also freely give us all things? And Paul goes on, he says, you know, neither things present, things to come, past, things in the world, enemies, persecutions, sufferings, you know, 
the list he gives there. None of these things can separate you and me from the love, the steadfast covenant love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And even if it should be, as he says, quoting from Psalm 44, that it turns out that in the world's eyes we are like sheep allotted for slaughter. Nevertheless, he says, nothing will pluck you out of the hand of the Lord. He will deliver you. I will tell you, brethren, I think all of us who've walked with the Lord for a time, I have seen the Lord deliver me, deliver us through perils many times. Those who have done ill to us, who have spoken ill, who have sought to do us distress, we have seen the Lord deliver us over and over again. Those of you who are older, I think, can testify to that too, to the younger. God has delivered over and over again. And so he will deliver you. Call upon him. He is our strength. He is a rock of firmness, not only of concealment, but he is a rock of firmness, uh, unchangeable and impregnable. You know, think of that again, that mighty cliff, that fortress. Think, here, here's a good analogy. When we think about rock, think of Helm's Deep. <laughs> Those of you who know the Lord of the Rings. He is an impregnable fortress. All right, he is that place that you run to and uh, let the orcs, let them come. <laughs> I have got a helm's deep. The Lord is there, and there is safety there, and the Lord fights for us. He will be with us, and he will defend us. The Lord is called here by David also an arm shield, a buckler. You know, that idea of that shield is strapped to the arm, my defense, when the arrows fly. He's called him a, a horn of salvation. These are just things, and it says he avenges us, verse 47. He subdues our enemies. He lifts up his people above the head and exalts his people even against those who do evil. And then he shows mercy and, and steadfast love again and again and again. Verse 50 to David and his people. So what does that mean for you? Simply this. There's three things you see in this psalm that I want you to take away with today and practice this week. Number one, here's the key to the whole thing. Verse one, David says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. What's interesting is that word for love there is, is one that actually is not the normal word you see in Hebrew for just loving God and loving others. This is a word that only occurs a few times, and it has the idea of passionate love. I mean, this is love with zeal, with passion, deep, deep affection. This is the sort of thing he says, like in Psalm 116, I love the Lord because he has always heard my voice and my supplications. I just delight in my soul overflows with affection to the living God. So brethren, like David, what is the response to all this truth? Okay, God's my stronghold. He's my deliverer. He's my fortress. There's your truth. What do I do with that? Number one, pray, Lord, this week. When I leave here today, Monday through Saturday, Lord God, if you are that way, then I want to have zeal and affection for you this week deeper than I maybe have had before. Lord, would you increase my zeal and my just affection, my affectionate love for you as my God. That's number one. I will cling to you. I will love you with my whole soul. With my hearty affection, I will hold fast like a child to a parent or a spouse to her husband. It's just deep, deep, passionate love. Brethren, seek that this week. Number two, look what he says in verse 2 and 3. What else do you do in light of this truth? I will trust the Lord and I will call upon the Lord. Right? That's what he says. I will trust in the Lord, verse 2b. 
my strength, my shield, my God in whom I will trust. I quoted Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 earlier. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your understanding. Stop it. <laughs> That's what he said. Stop leaning to your understanding. In all of your ways, tomorrow when you wake up, when you're doing school tomorrow, kids, when you're doing dishes, moms, when you're working around the house or whatever things you do at home, men, when you're leading your families and when you're, your vocational work and, and your engagements, in all things, this, trust in the Lord consciously. Don't lean to your understanding. Trust in Him. Oh, God, increase my faith. Help me to lean more and more on you tangibly, deliberately, not just knowing the faith, but walking in faith, walking in the obedience of faith, praying and calling upon the Lord like David says. I'll tell you this, brethren, and you parents know this. The surest sign that our children are in, that the faith, that faith is taking root in our children is when you see your children praying. I want my children to obey. They're hearing me. I know you want your children to obey. I know you want them to obey in faith. But children, adults, the surest evidence and fruit of a growing, deepening love of God and faith in God will be you just you're praying to him more, not out of duty, but because I need him. I will call upon the Lord morning. I will call upon the Lord because I need him. And I know it. And then lastly, look where David closes, verse 46 and 49. He mentions there twice in both those verses about praising and exalting the Lord, giving thanks to the Lord. The, the, the Hebrew word there behind give thanks actually has the idea of confessing the Lord by giving thanks. The idea is I'm going to publicly and overtly thank God in the presence of his people in the presence of all people, and in so doing, I'm going to confess him. So brethren, this is a call for you and me then to say, look, I am an open and an overt, not covert, not closet, I am an open and overt Christian. I will praise and exalt the living God publicly and privately. When the enemies come at me and they say ill about me, and they assault me, I will praise the name of the living God. And I'll make sure my enemies hear it. <laughs> and I will thank and confess the name of the Lord. I will always, as we read earlier in 1 Peter 3, be ready to give an answer and confess Jesus as Lord. I will not be ashamed of him and his word because my Jesus is a rock. He's a deliverer. He's a strong tower. He's a fortress. He's a living God. I am not ashamed of him who has not been ashamed of me. That's what he's saying. I will love the Lord, I will trust in and call upon the Lord, and I will praise and exalt and confess the name of the Lord. Brethren, there's your takeaways this week. As you go forth this day in Jesus' name, Lord, help us to love him zealously. Help us to trust you like we've never trusted you before, to lean all of our weight on Jesus Christ in faithful obedience and love, and God, Give me such a, a heart that no matter what those against me, no matter what comes my way this week, that I will be found to praise and honor and exalt and thank the living God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Father, you are for us a rock. 
You are our deliverer. You are our fortress and our shield. You are a living God in whom we run and trust and who covers us from the world, from the uh, visible and invisible enemies of our souls. Father, I pray for myself, first of all, and I pray for my brethren here. I pray for all of us that we would, first of all, that we would love you zealously. Lord God, I, just, I want to have a deep and affectionate and abiding love for you because you are lovely and you are good. I want to trust you and I want us all to trust you and call upon you more and more, not out of duty but out of delight, out of deep dependence upon you and sense of felt poverty, that we would be truly poor in spirit and come to you more and more and more to find in you a fount of fulfillment for every need. Father, and that we would be a people found to be praising and exalting you. Even when life throws difficulties at us, when we are struggling with knowing what to do, when we are being assaulted, Lord, may we be found to praise and exalt the living God and to be giving thanks to you in all things, confessing you with life, with words, deeds, and actions. Father, thank you that you are our rock. I pray, Father, that we will find you to be so and that we will... Uh, you will find us to be faithful. Help us, Father, increase our faith, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Beloved brothers and sisters, let's stand.